Okay. All right, I have a question to start off this morning. Um, can it, oh, let me move this first, actually. Can any of you do any celebrity impressions? Anybody have a celebrity impression? I'm not going to ask you to do it. I'm just curious. Anybody? Oh, come on. Nobody? Okay, well, I've been working on one for this morning. Um, I haven't even told Aaron this. So I've been working on my impression of Liam Neeson. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. There's no way I can do Liam Neeson. Sorry to disappoint. However, thanks for the laugh. Um, they, I'm glad you believed in me. Uh, but I do have a, a really fun video to share with you this morning of someone who, who has a great uh, gift to do some celebrity impressions. So we're going to watch this for, for just a minute, see if you recognize any voices in here. original song. You wouldn't know that it sounded like a song you should know, uh, but I thought that was really good. I'm sorry that I don't have any celebrity impressions for you this morning, um, but I love the idea that when we probably, even without at least some of those names up there, you probably would have known who he was doing, right? I think there are some voices that we know when we hear them by sound, like if I played Morgan Freeman over the loudspeaker, I'm pretty sure most of us would know who that is, right? Um, because he has really one of the most recognizable voices in Hollywood. Uh, and today we're going to talk about someone else's voice. We're going to talk about Jesus' voice. Um, we're working through, as Aaron said, we're working through this series, the I Am series. Uh, these are the I Am statements 
that John writes about Jesus or Jesus says about himself in the book of John is recorded in there in the gospel of John. The gospel being the good news. We know that uh, John was Jesus' really best friend next to God. <laughs> wink, wink. But out of the four gospels, John's is the most personal. And as we're discovering who Jesus is through these statements, I love that we're learning it through uh, the voice of John and, of course, of Jesus. But last week, um, Andy kicked us off, and this week we're going to do the statement, I am the door or the gate, depending on the translation that you read. So I'm going to ask you to open up your Bibles. I'm going to put scripture on the screen. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can follow that too. Uh, but I think it's good practice to open up, open up your own Bible. If you want, we have these on the, on the chairs. If you do not have your own Bible, you are welcome to take one of these home. This is our gift to you this morning. Uh, but I'm going to start on page 748 in this Bible. We're going to go to John chapter 10. We're only going to cover really a few key verses this morning, but I wanted to read this whole section to kind of give you some perspective. All right, it says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. So it goes on to develop more what he's trying to explain in a different way. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Would you pray with me? God, we praise you for another beautiful day here in Silver Spring um, and another great opportunity, Lord, just to gather and hear what you have to say. I thank you for the, the people sitting in this room. Um, Lord, I really believe they're not here by accident. Confident you have something to say to them and to me. God, I want to thank you for the Gospel of John. Um, and for the good news that's in there. Lord, I believe you have good news for every one of us, and I'm asking, Lord, that our hearts would hear that good news and receive it the way that you need us to. Amen. All right, we're going to break this down verse by verse, because that's how I um, feel confident teaching you, is I love to look at God's word study the context of it, and understand truly what there is to learn um, from Jesus in these verses. And so this morning, we're going to do just that. But as we're working through these verses, I want you to think about two questions to ask yourself. Just as you recognize some of the voices in that video, here's the first question. The first question is, do you know your shepherd's voice? Do you know what it sounds like and what it feels like? Do you know your shepherd's voice? And the second question is, 
does your life show that you know your shepherd's voice? So ask yourself those questions as, we, as we're working through each verse this morning. The first part of this, uh, we're going to look at verse 7. So like I said, you can keep your Bible open. You can look at that with me. I'm also going to have these snippets of the verses on the screen, so you can follow along with that as well. But the first verse we're going to dive deeper into is verse 7. But before I do that, I want to give just a little bit of background. So Jesus has just come from hearing this news that this blind man that he healed, remember he made this guy able to see, incredible miracle, and he told him, go and tell people. Okay, so go and be changed and go tell people what you experienced with me. So he goes and he tells people, and uh, the Pharisees, of course, shame this man, and this is in chapter 9. They shame this man, and they basically say, you are not worthy of God's presence because you're a sinner, because they believe the blindness came from being born with sin, right? And so they're saying, there's no way that you are a righteous person or that you deserve to come into the presence of God because you're not holy, you're full of sin. Um, And so Jesus hears word of this. And, and, you know, I can imagine he probably was like, let me set these guys straight because he knows these Pharisees are the people who are teaching others about God and and telling people what what God is. Um, And I can just imagine because I'm married to someone who cannot stand... Uh, for people to teach the wrong thing and is very justice-oriented. I can just picture Jesus being sort of very focused on finding these guys and setting them straight. So he does, actually, as he's ministering on the street, he does run into the Pharisees, and he calls them out, and he says, let me, let me straighten you out here. I want, I want to explain to you who I am and why I came. And so that's why this, he's going through these statements in this very section of scripture. He's trying to use language that they would understand, like that of a shepherd, because that's around them, right? That's the the life that they're in. He's using language that they would understand so that he can explain to them what they saw in this blind man and how they're wrong, basically, right? So he starts off with talking about this this sheep pen. This might not be a new uh, picture for you to understand, but I thought I would explain to you sort of where Jesus was coming from and why he used that as an example in this certain section. Um, but there's a man who sort of like explained it years ago, and his name is it's Henry Adam Smith. We have a book that he wrote coming up on the screen. Henry Adam Smith wrote this uh, historical book. He, he published it, it actually came out in like uh, 1894 or something, a really, really long time ago. No, that's right, it is 1894. And uh, sorry, George Adam Smith. And he wrote this book, Historical Geography of the Holy Land. So he spent a good deal of his lifetime traveling the Holy Land because he wanted to understand, um, you know, more historical context. And he, of course, he was also a college professor, so he's going to go and teach this stuff. And on his travels throughout the Holy Land, so he spent years there, he runs into an Arab shepherd, um, who, by the way, is, was not a Christian, didn't know Jesus. Uh, but he's asking the Arab shepherd just about how things work for his sheep, and the Arab shepherd walks into this sort of walled-off area. It's got three walls on it, and then there's like a big opening. And the, the shepherd explains to him at night that he brings the sheep into this fold, is what it's called, um, and that's where they sit at night. And of course, um, George Adam Smith says, well, I, how do you keep them in there? And the man says, well, I'm the shepherd, and so I act as the gate. And he says that he would lay down 
across the open section, and every night he said, the, sh the sheep are not going to leave because I'm there guarding them. They know that they're safe in this area. They know to stay in there because I tell them to. And then the wolves also are not going to go past me. I'm, I'm there as the gate. And so Jesus is using this scripture to explain uh, a shepherding concept that has been used since the existence of the shepherds. That's what they did. Shepherds, or sheep knew their shepherd's voice, and so they knew to obey it, and they also felt safe with it. So let's look at verse 7 here, knowing that. In verse 7, Jesus presents an extraordinary claim to the Pharisees, or an introduction to say who he is. He says, I'm the gate or the door. So he's saying, I explained to them that he was the shepherd, they weren't following, so he goes even further and says, I am the door to the, the sheepfold, okay? Let's read that verse. It says, therefore Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. So he's saying that the, my sheep know my voice. As he said earlier in scripture, he's also explaining to them, nobody else can get to them because I'm, I'm on guard and I'm, I, I'm waiting for people to come and try to take my sheep. Okay? Okay, let's look at verse 9. In verse 9, Jesus makes a glorious offer or invitation to the Pharisees, of course, to anyone. And he says this. Let's look at it. He says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. So he tells them, I'm the gate. I'm the shepherd. Um, I'm the one you need to get through to get into the fold. Picture with me, if you will, the fold. Picture three walls and a, a man laying across where, across where there would be a fourth wall. Okay? Picture that what Jesus is describing in the fold is the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Jesus is using a great word picture to explain what being in the kingdom of heaven is like. Now, he doesn't only mean just within walls because he also says the sheep know his voice. They're going to follow him wherever he goes. So he can really gather, gather them uh, anywhere he goes. So he, once he is in that place and they're with him, they know that shepherd's voice, so they feel safe. They know what to do because the shepherd tells them, right? He says, here's how you do stuff. Here's what I'm calling you to do. And the sheep, they stay close to him and they obey him, right? Shepherds are good at catching the ones that try to straggle off and bring them back in, and that's what Jesus is saying that he is. He says, listen, I'm the shepherd. You need to come through me to get into this fold, to get into this pasture, okay? Okay, let's go on to the next section. Verses 9 through 10. So this is the second part of that. If you guys have your Bible, keep looking at this. Underline it. This is good stuff. He says, uh, they will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus made an introduction to the Pharisees to tell them who he was. Then he makes this great claim uh, or an invitation to come and be part of his pasture. And then he also expresses now um, the benefits, um, the illumination from what comes from following him as your shepherd from acknowledging him as your shepherd. So let's talk about what it's like on the outside of the penfold. 
okay? We're going to look at Galatians chapter 5 for that. So if you will, open up your Bibles to that with me. I won't have this particular part um, on the screen. going to start on chapter or verse 13 and we're going to work our way through this he says you my brothers and sisters were called to be free this is page 813 by the way you my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh rather serve one another humbly in love for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command love your neighbor as yourself If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. This is what happens outside of following your shepherd. The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So I'm going to stop right there. So what he is describing is life on the outside of the fold. Life on the outside of his voice and his protection. And that's what you get. Look at those words one more time. See if they need to stick out for you. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Verse 19, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, Jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, words when I have envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I don't know about you, but some of those words, when I read those, they kind of hurt a little bit. Maybe because some of them are familiar, right? Some of the pain from the past. You probably know what some of those feel like. They're, they're not probably great memories. That right there is not freedom. And what Jesus offers is the freedom from that. When he talks about freedom in him and abundant life in him, he's saying you don't have to have that. You don't have to live a life like that. I designed you to have a better life than that. I made you, and I made you to live life to the full. As human beings, you got thrown off of that, so I came down to help you do it, to shepherd you. Okay, so that's life outside the fold. But through the gate, through him, we receive something else. I'm going to tell a little story about my childhood, not a big deal, but I'm going to show a little picture of myself with my dad and my uncle, by the way, actually, too. First thing I want to point out, look at that cute crimped hair. Isn't that cool? I have to say, I kept the crimper. I still have the crimper, and I used it two weeks ago. I kid you not. Be impressed. Actually, I'm not a hoarder, I promise. 
but I did keep that. So when I was little, I have this memory. I, don't, I honestly do not know how old I was. Probably all of you have some sort of a memory from your childhood. You can just remember feelings. You probably don't remember all the details, but you remember how you felt. This is a memory that has always stuck to me, and I remember how I felt. I think I must have been four or five, is what I imagine. I had gone to the mall with my dad, and I think, actually, I think my brother and my mom were with us as well. We're at the mall, and we were at maybe like a bookstore or a music store, looking at a, a wall of CDs or books or something. I don't know, CDs probably weren't around then, but tapes, whatever. We were looking at something on the wall, and I remember very clearly, I remember what it felt like to feel his warm hand, to hold his hand. And I remember him looking at me, telling me to hang right there. I don't know exactly the words that he used, but I remember being told to stay with him, and he's let go of my hand for a minute, and just, I don't know, maybe he was looking at a book or a tape or whatever he was doing, and I remember sort of walking away and feeling fine about it, right? Until however long later, which was probably like a minute, but at the time it felt like an hour, you know, because I went back to the same spot to go find my dad, and I reached my hand up, and another voice that was not my dad's looked down at me and said, oh, hi. It wasn't my dad. I had this instant feel of, I was terrified, a fear of just, I am not in the right place, and that's not my dad. And I looked around, and I didn't see him. Oh, I still remember distinctly just craving that warm feel of his hand and not being a stranger's. And once again, probably was like 30 seconds later, but it felt like an eternity because I was scared. I walked toward the edge of the store, and my dad was standing there like this, looking at me like, you're supposed to stay with me. You didn't, but I waited right here for you, and I found him. It was a good, good feeling to be back with my dad and to know that I was safe and uh, that I was going the right way. I think we can all relate to this in some way. If it's not your dad, it's somebody. Understanding the feeling of, of knowing that you're safe because someone has been taking care of you. Maybe it's Jesus. Maybe you already know that feeling. Maybe you already know that voice. Ask yourself that question again. Do you know the voice of your shepherd? Just like the sheep know their shepherd's voice. And they don't answer to anybody else. They don't obey anybody else. And they probably didn't feel safe with any other voice other than their shepherd's. Do you know your shepherd's voice? And the second question, do you live your life like you do? Let's talk about the freedom that that, that offers. So let's remember, like, I think if you're with somebody, like a parent, and I can see this in my own kids, my kids feel so much safer when I'm sitting there but they're crazy boys. They're not sitting there with me. They're running around, running amok. They'll still look over to see if I'm there. Most of the time, sometimes they don't, let's be real. But they look at me, they want to know that they're safe, and knowing that I'm just there, they feel free to sort of run around. Like, let's imagine like a, a playground, when I take them to the playground. I promise you, I'm in the corner of their eye most of the time. If they can't see me, they get a little nervous. They want to know that they're safe. The older they get, they get less nervous. Okay, <laughs> a little braver. But my youngest one especially will look, just, just make sure I'm watching, just wants to know. It doesn't mean he's like 
soldiering out and doing everything I tell him to do. I can't do that. I'm his mom. I'm not his, um, I'm not his militant officer. I let him be free. I let him do what he wants to do, just as Jesus has designed us to do. So let's move on in Galatians chapter 5 and, and read about the freedom that you've probably already experienced in Christ and what instead of all that horrible, those horrible feelings of feeling lost, instead what he offers inside his fault. Let's look at that next section. Verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Mm, that word alone, that's enough right there. Love. And then you get joy and get peace. Forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It says, against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live with its passions and desires, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. I love that. Look at that. Look at those beautiful words. That's, I have to be honest, that's my favorite section of scripture in the whole Bible. Maybe it's because it's something I've been fixated on for a while. This is not a section of Christ. Do these things and you get Christ. Be good, earn Christ. The way into the, the fold is not to get baptized. It's not to do good things. It's not to be nice. It's not to get lots of degrees. It's not to be the most successful. It's not to make the most money. It's not to be the best. That's not how you get in. You just get in through the gate, and then you get that stuff. Right? What a gift. You get the freedom of enjoying those things. Being you, being who he designed you to be, who his voice tells you to be, and you receive the freedom of living in that. What a gift. Is there anything that feels better than knowing that you're right where you are, right when you need to be, in God's good grace? Is there any better feeling than that? Not for me. I hope not for you. When you go to the gate, just like you do at the airport, you check the baggage. You go there and you get rid of all the junk that you allowed to guide your life before then. All the other shepherding voices that you listen to, you get to check them at the gate and you get to go inside and leave them behind. They're not coming with you. What a gift. Look at one more verse. This is a good one to underline too and hang on to. In John chapter 14, verse 6, just as he has broken it down in, in this section of scripture where he invited, or excuse me, he introduced, he invited, and he illuminated. And he tells us this. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Ooh, there's so much there. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I... We're going to have a song here in a second. It's one of the band's favorite songs to play because it's just a lot of fun. And it's Hosanna, Praise is Rising. And there's a line in there that I love. I find so much comfort in it when I sing it. It's, when we see you, we find strength to face the day. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. 
That doesn't just have to happen here on Sundays. It doesn't just have to, ha have to happen at conferences or concerts or even just when you're reading your Bible at home. It, he invites you to experience that every moment of every day in his presence. So I want to ask you those two questions again. Do you know the voice of your shepherd? And does your life show it? Are you following the voice? 